Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, I just want to, I think we should title this episode today, Why Liberals Are Really, Really, Really Awful People. I I couldn't think of anything else to say about how bad liberals are. I'm not talking about all Democrats, but liberals are really, really, really awful people. All right. Stay tuned. It's a stacked show. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. That's quite an intro. Producer Joe, how are you today? Quite an intro. Something to look forward to, huh? All right. No, no, it is. I'm not kidding. They are really genuinely awful people. I t- you know, yeah. it takes me about three hours to put an hour show together to give you the facts and gather uh-huh. the data and the articles. Paula to put them in the show, Joe to cut the sound. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm putting it together and I'm thinking, what do you title the show? And I'm thinking, gosh, they are re- they're just liars. They never, ever tell the truth about anything. And it's so damaging. So I got a stacked show. Yeah, I'm going to start with this story about Secret Service money and Don Trump Jr. That is just complete entire narrative building gaslighting bs Ah. you figure out the rest all right so let me get right to it you got today i'm really not feeling mm, uh, let me leave it there today's show brought to you by buddies at helix sleep today get some sleep on the finest mattresses out there we love helix sleep we have two of them in my house the deuce helix sleep why are they so great they have a quiz takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Don't get some generic in-store mattress not made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper like me, a hot sleeper, you like a plush or a firm bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine, and CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress. My wife and I have never slept better. My wife is uh, sleeps on her back. I sleep on my side. The mattress is absolutely fantastic. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, uh, 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't like it, but you'll love it. You won't like it. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. Here's a great deal. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go today if you need a new mattress. My daughter loves hers too. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go, go today. Ahora, go today and get $125 off your mattress orders. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. All right, let's go. Nice. Okay, story number one, uh, this tweet from Politico. Hi, what's her name? Anita Kumar uh, about Don Trump Jr. I, I was, this is just quick, but it, I, I was, this wasn't even in the show. I literally five minutes ago uh, put this into the show because I was furious about it. Anita Kumar from Politico. The reason I'm reading it off the screen is because Paula's putting it in. Oh, the, <laughs> look at you. Look at you. Paula put it in actually. <laughs> as we're, Sometimes we got to put this in afterwards. Anita Kumar, new. Joe, new. Breaking uh-huh. news. Yeah. The Trump administration, get a load of this, how devious this is. The Trump administration spent nearly $5,700 at the Trump International Hotel in Vancouver, Canada, while protecting Don Trump Jr., who was hunting stone sheep in the Yukon Mountains, according to documents <gasps> obtained by political. <gasps> oh, those bad the people. Horror. <laughs> the horror. The horror. 
<laughs> I got that face like a the Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker character when he's got all the smoke over his face from the fight with the lizard man and Aunt May comes in the room and catches him. What's all that smoke on your face? I was cleaning the chimney. Yeah. So Aunt May goes, we don't have a chimney. He goes, what? I read this story this morning. I'm thinking, um, so l let's just get a couple things out of the way first. Number one, the Secret Service stays where the protectee stays whenever they can. The protectee being Don Trump Jr., the kids, the president, the vice president, the protectee being the person we protect. We right. stay there. there is no, this is not a news story. In other words, there is nothing newsworthy, unique, or even remotely unique about this story. Joe, newsflash. I mean, Joe yes. probably knows about as much about the Secret Service as some agents do for having to listen to me for the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> These stories infuriate me. She's making this out like this is some kind of unique breaking news. You know, now. a woman tweeted back to me when I tweeted out the screenshot, because I'm not tweeting the link to this stupid, ridiculous, non-story story. She said, you know, I wonder how much it costs to, to, to lodge Secret Service agents in Martha's Vineyard when Obama spent two weeks there convenient ruling on the field <laughs> excellent tweet the, the, the cricket the dave cricket just went off too uh, folks <laughs> i was in martha's vineyard paula remember i was the lead advance i coordinated the whole trip you know what we stayed in some rather expensive bed and breakfast in martha's vineyard was it I obama's bet. fault no the president goes on vacation this president does, Obama did, Bush did. There's nothing, this is a non-story. And the Secret Service stays where they stay. Right. Why is this a story now for An Anita Kumar? Because she's desperate for clicks. Maybe she gets a share of the, the clickbait headlines. I don't know. Um, but she's making it up to paint a narrative. And now look at this unbelievably unusual right. situation where the president personally profits at his hotel because Ooh. Don Trump Jr. shockingly stayed at a hotel that his family owns. Mm. Joe, you know what's left out of that? Again, well, conveniently. I can tell you, and the story's been reported, Don Trump Jr. didn't even want Secret Service protection. He has it because of the maniac leftists who threaten him all the time. Yep. By the way, that's a fact, okay? Like Anita Kumar reporting, reporting narrative. Scoop. The president's son stayed at one of their hotels, and the Secret Service stayed with him. Oh. Scoop. She misspelled Secondly, it. Secondly, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, it's a scoop of something. You're right. I knew where you're going on. You know what's left out of the story, Joe? That the president of the United States doesn't even take a salary. He donates his yeah. rather generous taxpayer finance salary <laughs> back to the government. Yep. And his company, by the way, has lost millions of dollars due to relentless liberal assaults on the president's credibility and his family and their family name. I didn't even want this. And this just came up before I got on the air. Thanks, Paul. I mean it for putting it up there. I was re I was going to read it off my phone because right before we went on the air, I said you got to put this in there. It's just another example of why liberals are really, really awful, genuinely awful people. This is a non-story. The Secret Service stays where the protectee stays. I've stayed in five plus star hotels in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Dubai. I've stayed in beautiful Ooh. hotels all over the world with President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama. There is nothing unusual about this. Nothing. It is a made up story.
Okay, moving on, because I've got other very serious stuff to get to, other than this constant silliness from Bolshitico, otherwise known as Politico. I don't know what you're going to do. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea, brother. (laughs) Paula, that's their favorite drop. Okay, first story of the day. Listen, hat tip Ken Cuccinelli, former Republican candidate for governor in Virginia. Uh, He was the attorney general in Virginia. Cuccinelli's a really good guy. Cuccinelli's become kind of the immigration czar under the Trump team. And one on Aaron Burnett's show uh, on CNN, that was his first mistake. But I get it. You got to talk to some people in the airport. There's about 10 people in the airport watching CNN. And even those 10 people deserve to hear from the Trump administration. So he goes on and there's a new Trump administration policy, which I'll lay out kind of here, but in a little bit more detail after the clip, because it's important. The Trump administration is changing the definition of public charge for immigrants to the country, meaning basically if you are going to come into the country as a legal immigrant, you have to provide some evidence you can be self-sufficient. Nothing controversial here, Joe. They're not inventing a new law. This has been on the book since 1882. And the law on the book since 1882, modified and redefined over time, basically says if you're going to come here as an immigrant, you have to be able to support yourself. All right. I'll give you the details in a second. But what's fascinating about this cut of Cuccinelli, who just destroys Erin Burnett on CNN, is Erin Burnett starts talking about the Emma Lazarus New Colossus poem on the statue to give us your tired, your poor, you know the poem, folks. Uh She's talking, she asks Cuccinelli about the poem as if the poem is the immigration law. She, I'm, I'm serious. Listen I, to Cuccinelli, who <laughs> seems utterly perplexed at this line of questioning. Check this out. You say this is about self-sufficiency, and you say that proudly. You heard me yeah. play you uh, this morning uh, when you quoted the Emma Lazarus poem on the Statue oh, of Oh, I wasn't quoting it. I was answering a question. Right, okay, I'm sorry. But you were giving your version of what you thought the poem should say, right? No, was, no, I was not. You said, give me your tired I was and your answering poor who the can question. stand on... I'm not I, rewriting poetry. Okay, well, what you said is, give me your tired and your poor who can stand on their own two feet and who will not become a public charge. I just played you saying it. Right. I listened. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure you're not just being said. Okay. So obviously the actual poem is quite different. I'm going to read it. Right. I was answering a question. I wasn't writing poetry, Aaron. Don't don't change the facts. I, I'm not changing the facts. You, I'm just you're saying. You're twisting this no, like no, no, everybody no, no, else no, no. on the left no, no, has no, done all day today. No, 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 because I think it's today. important. You're saying that it's very important to be able to stand on your own two feet. A yes, lot of people may support you and respect your saying that. But the poem doesn't say that. Right? The poem that's I didn't on the bring Statue up the of poem. Liberty. I didn't bring up the poem. Well, you, An NPR reporter did, and now you have. Okay, I didn't bring it up. I'll answer okay. your substantive intelligence so questions. So I'm going to give you a substantive intelligence. Okay. However it came up, you what? said, give me your tired and your poor. Okay? Who can stand on their own two feet and who will not become a public charge. That's what you right? said. I just played it. The poem reads, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe for free, the wretched refuse of the teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Wretched poor refuse, right? That's what the poem says America's supposed to stand for. So what do you think America stands for? Well, of course, that poem was referring back to people coming from Europe where they had class-based societies where people were considered wretched if they weren't in the right class. Louise. That goes on for another two. I, I can't play the whole thing because Erin oh. Burnett just can't get out of her own way. There's a couple of takeaways from this, though. Again, keep in mind the umbrella theme of today's show. Liberals are really awful people. 
Erin Burnett is not dumb, okay? You may not like her. You may not like CNN and their 10-person audience in JFK Airport. Fine. But she's not stupid. She's not. She's got a head on her shoulders. I know people who know her. Why do I say that? Not to compliment her. It's not my goal. I'm trying to state the obvious. That she clearly knows that a poem is not U.S. law. She knows that. But what is she doing? She's pretending to be some kind of credible media representative where she's trying to change the argument from a legal one, which Cuccinelli's there to debate, to what, Joe? An emotional one. Oh, yeah. About Mm -hmm. a poem. Mm. Now, a little background. Well, Cuccinelli was given a White House presser, a conference at the White House in the Brady Press Room. An NPR reporter asked him about the poem again, trying to change the argument from Donald Trump's administration and Cuccinelli and the DHS and their substantive changes to immigration law, trying to change it like liberals always do, back to an emotional argument, away from the legal stuff, hoping nobody will notice the difference. I Cuccinelli, by the way, deserves a major league pat on the back for Man. bringing it right back and yep. nailing her to the wall. At one point, you might have heard Joe and I laughing in the background <laughs> where we're at, at, at one point, Cuccinelli, sorry, I'm going to turn that down a little bit, get a little hot on the Adobe here. Um, where Cuccinelli at one point says, you know, I'll answer your substantive questions <laughs> when you're ready to ask one. She doesn't answer. You're asking this guy. He's like, I'm not a poet. Why are you asking me about this poem? I am not a poet. I don't do poetry. And she's like, well, you quoted the poem. No, I didn't quote the poem. An NPR reporter asked me about the poem. Please stop making things up. Folks, here's what's really going on. Now, there's a piece at CBS News. It's written with a little little bit of liberal bias, but it's actually semi-decent. Um, it's I'll have it up at the show notes if you're looking for a short history of what's actually going on here. Donald Trump and his administration did not rewrite immigration law yesterday. What they did is redefine an 1882 uh, piece of legislation. Here's the piece at CBS News by uh, Camilo Montoya Galvez. New Trump administration rule cracks down on welfare benefits used by illegal by legal immigrants. It's at the show notes today at Bongino.com. Of course, subscribe to my email list. I'll email them to you. Like I said, it's written from a liberal bent, but it's a decent piece. Folks, 1882, this is when this started, where if you were going to take some form of public benefits, your immigration status would be evaluated because of that. Bill Clinton, ironically, the Clinton administration um, made some changes to this public charge thing, but the Trump administration public charge, I should say, um, uh, standard. What the Trump administration is doing is now they are going to count, Joe, non-cash benefits as part of a public charge. What does that mean to you? Let me just translate mm-hmm. it for you. In the past, things like Medicaid and, say, food stamps, they're not, they're not cash payouts like um, like some forms of uh, TANF and others, right? Welfare, okay. basically. Mm-hmm. These non-cash benefits like medical benefits and Medicaid, those were not traditionally counted against you. Meaning if you came here and claimed those, you weren't necessarily, you didn't get, say, a a negative on your application. Mm -hmm. The Trump administration is saying, hey, listen, we're accepting kids. We're, 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 uh, We're making exception for kids. It doesn't apply to kids or those under 21. So we're clear because you know what the liberals are going to say? Well, what about kids who get these Medicaid benefits? Yeah. It doesn't apply to kids. It applies to functioning, working adults who come here and claim government benefits. Don't be spun. The Trump administration is saying, well, if you're going to claim Medicaid and food stamps and other kind of non-cash benefits, then that should count against you too. Ladies and gentlemen, 
pretty fair in my book. That's all they did. And of course, it's being turned into because liberals are really awful people and never, ever, ever argue based on facts. Liberals are trying to turn this into an emotional argument about a poem. It is not, the poem is not U.S. law. It was a poem written by Emma Lazarus on the base of the Statue of Liberty to generate money for the project. Mm -hmm. It is not U.S. law. I don't know how many times we have to drill this into the head of liberals who are either knowingly obtuse or just lying. Great. It's a great poem. Everybody loves it. My grandparents are immigrants. My wife is an immigrant. It's great. It's a fantastically written poem. It is not U.S. law. You can argue all day that it is U.S. law, but you're making an utter, complete fool out of yourself. And you're awful. You're really awful people because what you're doing is you're trying to lie to the public to make them believe that this is the essence of what U.S. law is based on when it is not. That poem went up in, what, 1883. The law was written a year before the public charge law. Stop making this up. Now, what I find fascinating, Joe, is why liberals will simultaneously, again, keep in mind the theme of the show, liberals are really, really awful people. They have no principles. So their principle here, if you listen to Aaron Burnett, Joe, their -hmm. principle here is that a poem is, in fact, some guiding of and we should all adhere to the poem. The poem is no legal authority at all. Okay. Aaron Burnett mm-hmm. knows that, but this should be restrictive. This poem, our U S law should be guided around an 1883 poem on the basis of, on the basis of statute of Liberty. Well, what's fascinating is when we actually have U S law written into our constitution, like the bill of rights and the second amendment, which clearly lays out an individual right based on any common sense reading to keep and bear arms, which shall not be infringed. Liberals don't care about that at all. Poem, yes. Second Amendment, no. Poem, yes. Second Amendment, no. No. It's the words. You doubt me? Where am I? You know. (laughs) Where am I going with this? Story number two for the day. Liberals are really awful people. The Democrats, there's a case in front of the Supreme Court, going in front of the Supreme Court, that involves concealed carry permit holders and 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 weapons possession holders, uh, weapons permit holders, excuse me, in New York, people who don't have concealed carry permits, people where they can transport. It's a complicated case, but it involves overly restrictive New York laws about where you can carry your firearm to. Okay, the case Mm -hmm. is going to go to the Supreme Court and could do real damage to the anti self-protection left that doesn't believe the Second Amendment is binding, but believes that a poem on the Statute of Liberty is. So now, Joe, they're afraid of what's going to happen with this case. You tracking me? Because if Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court rules against the anti firearm crowd out there, all these laws that you can only carry your firearm to the range between the hours of nine and five and the range has to be in the city limits and Mm -hmm. it must be unloaded and locked in a truck. If those laws go out the window. The anti-gun left is in a world of trouble. So, of course, Joe, what do they do? What they always do, because the left is composed of really awful people. A bunch of influential senators and Democrats, some running for president, decided they were going to try to intimidate the Supreme Court. IJR story by Houston Keene. Again, it'll be in the show notes. The show notes are very good today. Please check them out. 
Senate Dems issue ominous warning to SCOTUS, Supreme Court, Supreme Court of the United States. Heal, heal, Joe. Again, emotional. Oh or be restructured. Whoa. What are they saying? They're sending a warning to the Supreme Court before ruling on this Second Amendment case. Because remember, the Second Amendment's not binding to the left. The poem is. Uh, you know what, Joe? I yeah. got an idea. Before I even... Hmm. I think you and I should write a poem. Let's open up a contest to the audience. You can all send in your poems about the Second Amendment. And then we'll start making a... No, no, poems. Poems are... They're binding. Poems are... But you said Emma Lazarus' poem. Why not Paula Bongino's poem about the Second Amendment? Man. I therefore decree the Second Amendment that declares an individual right, kind of like something out of like Braveheart. <laughs> I hereby declare the right. This is what we should all do. We should write a poem. Joe, you should write one too. We should all yeah. write like a, a three-line sonnet about the Second Amendment <laughs> and how the right to self-protect. Why not? Poems are binding. The Second oh. Amendment isn't. I prefer a haiku. Why not? Oh. oh. <laughs> haiku. Joe's going to do a haiku. Paul is going to do a sonnet. I'll do an old Robert Frost type thing in iambic pentameter. There we go. I hereby decree my right. This is what we'll do. Oh. Because poems are... This is the stupidity. If this conversation sounds dumb to you, it should. Poems are binding. The Second Amendment isn't. So getting back to the story, these Democrats, I'm not kidding. I think Durbin's in there, Klobuchar and others. In the piece, you can read it. These are powerful Democrats. Yeah. Are threatening to pack the Supreme Court. We have nine justices now. They're threatening to add justices if they get take over the presidency. To add 15, a, a, a total of 15, so that would be adding six. But to pack the Supreme Court to dilute the efforts... Um, the, the now completed efforts by Donald Trump to nominate and appoint. We had uh, Kavanaugh, uh, of course, and Gorsuch. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, FDR tried this. Even FDR's own Democrats understood this was a tyrannical move to pack the Supreme Court. Amen, brother. Amen. F even, even FDR with yeah. massive political capital got destroyed by his own party. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing in the Constitution that stops uh, the Democrats from doing this. I want you to understand this is a real threat. Oh, they're not going to do it. You know, we said a lot of things. We said that they wouldn't try to take over the health care system after uh, Clinton care died, Hillary care. They did with Obamacare. We said they wouldn't propose socialism in the United States. They did. We said, oh, they won't go after ICE personally. They do. Do not take this threat lightly. They are talking about packing the Supreme Court, which will dissolve away the United States Constitution and the Republic with it. Because remember, poems matter, but the Second Amendment actually in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution doesn't mean anything to the Democrats. We need our poem contest. We won't even make it. Just send your poems. If you, if you sound good, sound good. I hereby declare my right. I, I am big pentameter. Prefer. Send them in. I'll put a funny one on the air if it's a good one. I'll put a little screenshot read it out. Keep it short, though. I'm not even kidding. It'll be fun. Through that, right, Paul? That'd be a good one. I can't offer prizes. It's because all kinds of like crazy rules. I'm serious. Yeah. We try to do prizes all the time. And there, Joe, right? You know, being in radio, yeah. oh, there's man. like these ridiculous rules. I, all I want to do is give stuff to people. You can't even do that. Paul and I tried to do a contest. We wanted to actually give you guys stuff for being a great audience. And legal people are like, wow, you got to I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to uh -huh. have to tell you I love you all for now. Ugh. I hear bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Feel poems. better now. It's yeah. about poems, though. I love Cuccinelli. <laughs> I'll answer a substantive question when you're ready to ask one. Nice job, Ken Cuccinelli. All right, I got a lot more to get through, so I got to roll quick here. Uh, quickly, again, another great sponsor. He's been with me from the beginning. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brick House Nutrition. Look at this product. Take a good look at this. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash Bongino. Foundation. Here's a bottle for our audio listeners. I love foundation. This is a creatine ATP blend. I'm telling you hands down, this is the best supplement I have ever tried. I love it. Little Joe loves it, although I don't think they let him take this to Marine Boot Camp. No. Little Joe, if you're listening, well, you're not allowed to listen to that. When you get out and you listen to it back, we're all supporting you, buddy. Almost done. I just wrote Little Joe a letter down there in Marine Boot Camp. That's Joe's son. Right. But Little Joe is not little anymore. Little Joe's not little. He tried foundation. He loved it. It's mm -hmm. a great product. Now, what does it do? Creatine and ATP, this blend, is like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. All right, well, why would you need two extra gas tanks in the gym? Not one. Creatine's like having an extra tank. Creatine plus ATP is like having the deuce, two extra. That matters because you're going to perform better. You're going to look better, and you're going to get that cell volumization effect. Oh, what's that? What's that? Look in the mirror. Just trust me on it. Give it about seven days to work. Your muscle cells are going to look harder and they're going to look better. You are going to look better. I promise you. Give me seven days. That's all I ask. Take the mirror test, okay? Go look in the mirror. You're not going to take a picture of anything. You don't need to be goofy about it. If you want, go ahead, do your thing. I don't care. But take a mental snapshot of what you look like. Try Foundation by Brickhouse Nutrition. Come back seven days later. You'll look better. You'll feel better. You'll perform better. It's that good. Love this stuff. Go to Brickhouse Nutrition. BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of foundation today. Don't waste a second. Takes about five, seven days. The difference will be dramatic. I love this stuff. Go check it out. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Okay. All right, moving on. Um, I have more why liberals are really awful people stories, but I just want to break it up quickly with another important story on a very serious note. Folks, the people of Hong Kong have proved my point uh, mm. yesterday and repeatedly over the past few weeks that the desire by tyrants like the Chinese socialist government, the desire by tyrants to suppress the liberty of people will never, ever supersede the desire of people to be free. Hong Kong is feeling the boot of the Chinese government. Uh, the administrator there, Carrie Lam, wanted to propose a law to be able to extradite people back to the mainland of China from Hong Kong. Hong Kong was promised, the, the residents of Hong Kong were promised different during the turnover transition from the British to the Chinese. They were promised two systems, one government. That is now dissolving. Basically, the people of Hong Kong are being slowly but surely, their liberties being dissolved away like a really bad Alka-Seltzer tablet. And the people of Hong Kong are fighting back. And I say, God bless you and your efforts. Mm -hmm. because this is very serious what's going on. Now, how, there's, a, there's another story. There's a lot going on in China right now. I want to play this quick video. It's brief. It's about 29, 28 seconds or so. Yeah. This is President Trump yesterday talking about another China breaking news story where President Trump has postponed the implementation of additional tariffs on Chinese products. They were supposed to take effect September 1st. He's now delayed that. I'm going to play this clip where he gives you a reason i'm not so sure he's telling you the real reason i don't mean he's lying i mean he's just what do they say joe there's the two things that are best done behind closed doors uh, 
One is, well, you can kind of get yeah. it, uh, you know, yeah. if you're married. Yeah. The other is foreign policy. That's the uh-huh. old say, you know, two things behind closed doors and foreign policy. I think there's something else going <laughs> I heard Paul out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? Kids aren't around. Uh, <laughs> I swear, one of these days she's going to come barging in here. Like, Wait, one of these the days, air. you're going to totally like five feet away. <laughs> so, by the way, a very prominent U.S. congressman who I love to death asked me once, is your wife really next to him? Yes, she is. In our new studio, you'll probably be able to see her. We're almost <laughs> done. We'll be there soon. Let me get back to it, though. Enough small talk. This is President Trump talking about why he delayed the tariffs on China. Play the cup. We're doing this for Christmas season, uh, just in case some of the tariffs would have an impact on U.S. customers, which so far they've had virtually none. The only impact has been that we've collected almost $60 billion from China, compliments of China. But just in case they might have an impact on people, uh, what we've done is we've delayed it so that they won't be relevant to the Christmas shopping season. Okay, so President Trump uh, in this little mini presser he always does yesterday is indicating that he delayed the tariffs because the Christmas season's coming and, you know, the price of toys and other electronics impacted by the tariffs would have gone up. Uh, Folks, I I don't really believe that. Again, I'm not saying he's lying to you to... He's, I'm just saying he's not telling you, I think, the truth. And I I don't, again, I don't mean that as a knock. If I did, I'd say it. I don't ever fudge the numbers. Um, I just think there's some really serious, substantive conversations going on behind closed doors. And because of the foreign policy angle he's taking, he can't air that publicly. Here's what I mean. There are two things going on with China right now. One, I kind of just prefaced. um, But here's another. Their economy, as you can see with this Reuters article, is in is getting smashed right now. Smashed. Yeah. Here's a Reuters piece. China's economy worsens in July. Industrial growth at a 17-year low as the trade war escalates by Kevin Yao. This will be in the show notes today as well. Please read it. Folks, their economy is getting smashed. What does President Trump want? He's a deal maker. Do his deals always go great? No. Do a lot of them go well? Yes. He's done a lot in two years with a different outside-the-box approach. What do I think he's really doing? Forget the Christmas story. I, he's I, Seriously, he's making that up. He's saying that to give you the, hey, look, squirrel. Behind closed doors, he has the Chinese up against the wall right now. And he knows it. Their economy is getting crushed. Fa- we have covered this last week. Factories are relocating out of China because they don't want to pay the tariffs, the United States tariffs at the border for their products. Multinationals are uprooting their factories and moving them to Vietnam and Mexico. Folks, those factories are not going back. The Chinese are being hollowed out by the minute. They know it. They're trying to play a fast and dangerous game. They're devaluing their currency to make their products cheaper in Chinese dollars. Or or, uh, or or one in Chinese one. They're trying to make their products cheaper. The problem is by making their currency cheaper, they're bankrupting their own citizens who have to buy stuff with the same currency. They're hurting bad. But Trump, in an effort to take some of the public pressure off China, because he wants to make a deal by humiliating them right now publicly, in he's just pouring salt in a wound. Now. What, you get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah, If yeah, he oh, sits yeah. there every day and relentlessly, are you Chinese, you suck, your economy's horrible, mm-hmm. they're not going to make a deal. So what does he do? He has to invent the cover story, why he's giving them some breathing room mm. to come to the table while he's got them by the short ones. Why else does he have them by the short ones? 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, they are in real trouble in Hong Kong. They cannot pull another Tiananmen Square, and they know it. This is the era of Twitter, of camera phones, social media. If they try to pull another Tiananmen Square, the international outcry, of course, where they crushed the student rebellion in Tiananmen Square brutally, like the tyrants they are. If they try that again in Hong Kong, again, there was some violence yesterday at the airport, but it paled in comparison to Tiananmen Square. If they try that, the international outcry could very well lead to destabilization of the Chinese regime. And they know that. Trump knows he's got them in a perilous situation right now. And what's the best time to make a deal, Joe? When the other guy's desperate. Oh, yeah. But to give them some breathing room, he's putting out this story about, ah, we're doing it for Christmas. I don't buy it one bit. Not for a second. He's doing what he does best. He's putting a public face on it to give them breathing room that doesn't pile on right now while they deal with what's going on in Hong Kong and figure it out. Now, the Hong Kong situation, again, I'm behind these protesters 100%. Let me be crystal clear. I will always be on the side of liberty and freedom. I'm not suggesting, you know, a U.S. military operation there. People in Hong Kong can figure this out. They're an economic powerhouse. But ladies and gentlemen, we can see with these trucks piling in, um, got some video running on YouTube, but this is very dangerous. The Chinese are rolling in people. They are bringing in people there and they are getting ready to crush this rebellion. I just hope it's done peacefully because if it's not, you know, we need to be on the right side of this. And we're always on the right side of liberty and freedom. Again, I'm not suggesting a military operation, but for diplomacy's sake, the Chinese better understand right away that we will absolutely categorically not back them up if they engage in any kind of violence to stop this. All right. There's a lot going on there behind the scenes. It's a lot to digest, but I hope you get my takeaway there. The reason for the tariffs, I don't believe for a second, is Christmas time. He's stating that publicly to give the Chinese some breathing room, knowing he's got them up against the wall right now, knowing we could get a big deal if he makes the deal now Why they're desperate. Hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. All right. We got our last sponsor today, and I've got some. I want to continue with our liberals are really, really awful people. I got one from Elizabeth Warren, who's always been awful um, and gets worse. And I got another one. I, I was going to say something, and I'm not, because I just, she's such a phony fake, and I'm just, it's so ridiculous. And I've got another story that, this is the thing that kind of got me going this morning when I got up, this charter school story, which is just unbelievable how much liberals want to keep kids from getting an education, right? Don't go anywhere. Also, I got some Spygate stuff. Today's show finally brought to our buddies at U.S. Law Shield. You carry... You have a concealed carry permit. If you're carrying without the protections of U.S. Law Shield, you are carrying naked. I'm sorry. It's a big mistake. I keep seeing these ridiculous stories about gun owners being referred for potential criminal prosecution after defending their homes or their lives in some cases. A Texas woman was home alone around 3 p.m. when an intruder broke in. She tried to hide in a closet with a gun, but he found her. When he opened the door to the closet, she fired one shot, killing him. She later said the house had been broken into before and they had installed burglar bars to dissuade people from breaking in. But it's the last sentence in the story that caught all our attention here. Quote, the case will be referred to the district attorney's office to determine if any charges will be filed. That's a real quote. Stories like this are exactly why I, me, Dan Bongino, am a proud member of U.S. Law Shield for less than $11 a month. 
That's it. Just less than $11 a month. You not only have immediate 24-7, 365 access to an attorney, but you won't pay a penny in attorney fees. If this nightmare ever happens to you, do not carry naked, ladies and gentlemen. Go to uslawshield.com slash Dan. They'll throw in five defender reports worth $100. Great information in there. Absolutely free. You'll be amazed how much useful information for you is inside. I feel better. You'll feel better knowing U.S. Law Shield has your back. USLawShield.com slash Dan. USLawShield.com slash Dan. USLawShield.com slash Dan. Check it out today. Get your five Defender reports completely free. Okay, uh, moving on. So, infuriating, but worth addressing nonetheless, because we debunk liberal nonsense here by the day. Elizabeth Warren sent out this tweet about uh, three or four days ago from her account, which is really full of nonsense. Elizabeth Warren is like, oh, I got a plan. What she doesn't tell you is her plans are awful. They're really awful. <laughs> uh, but this is her just lying to inflame racial tensions. Lying. Outright lying. Our at E. Warren is her account. She says, five years ago, Michael Brown was murdered. Wait, he was? Uh, by what? a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Michael was unarmed, yet he was shot six times. I stand with activists and organizers who continue the fight for justice for Michael. We must confront systemic racism and police violence head on. Oh, my. Uh, I don't Where know do you begin? The Lord's name in vain. So Where <sighs> do we begin is correct amundo, my good friend. Ladies mm. and gentlemen, of course, she's referring to the Ferguson, Missouri, and the riots that ensued afterwards. Yeah. Michael Brown, ladies and gentlemen, was not murdered. Now, if I were Officer Wilson who fired the shots that killed Michael Brown in self-defense, I would sue the daylights out of Elizabeth Warren. And uh, by the way, Kamala Harris, too, who engaged in this, uh, in, in, in this hit parade of lies as well. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. I would find a good lawyer and sue immediately. Well, why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're following the case and you're interested in facts, again, liberals, uh, keep in mind, folks, are really really awful people they're awful they are they are elizabeth warren again like erin burnett and kamala harris is not dumb she's not it may make you feel like, oh she's really stupid she's not she's very very smart which makes the tweet even worse because it says joe there is actual malice here it's mm -hmm. not misfeasance oh, yeah. it's malfeasance she's yeah. doing this intentionally she knows the obama justice department Obama, Democrat president for liberals who can't keep track. The Obama Justice Department, led by who? Eric Holder, Obama appointee, did an independent investigation of the Wilson-Brown use of force incident and the death of Michael Brown and determined that the officer acted in self-defense. Michael Brown was not murdered. You want to argue about the circumstances? Fine. You want to argue about how it went down? Fine. You want to argue about use of force policies? Fine. Suggesting Michael Brown was murdered is an outright inflammatory lie designed to do one thing only. Get Elizabeth Warren power by inflaming racial tensions in the country. Elizabeth Warren has disgraced herself has disgraced the state of Massachusetts, has disgraced the country, the United States Senate, and should be immediately disqualified from tweeting from this point on for tweeting an outright lie. I'm telling you that officer should sue and demand an apology and a retraction. She's lying. Right. Why? 
because liberals are really, really awful people. Story number 6,422, why liberals are really awful people. Here's a Wall Street Journal story today. You know what? This school choice topic may not interest you, but it darn well interests me. It pisses me off to no end, being a product of a school choice scenario myself, why liberals continue to want to crap on kids who can't afford a good education by keeping them out of quality schools. And why? Because they're really awful people. Here's the piece at the Wall Street Journal. By Baker A. Mitchell, August 13, 2019. The smear campaign against charters. Far from being, quote, resegregated, some of our schools are actually majority minority, and that's by parents' free choice. What's the um, core takeaways from this piece? Liberals hate school choice because they're awful, terrible, horrible people. Liberals want your kids in garbage public schools that can't teach your kids anything because the public schools pay teacher union dues and teachers unions give money to Democrats who stay in power by keeping your kids uneducated. That's it. Period. Full stopo. The fact that you could take your kid out of a school that's failing him, not all public schools are bad, but the ones that are, and put them in a charter school that works, the liberals want to chain the door behind you to make sure you have no options. Now, what's completely filthy, gross, and disgusting about this entire story is this. Takeaway number one from the piece. When the liberals can't win on the argument because charter schools for the same or lesser money generally perform as well or better than public schools, they go to the race baiting like Elizabeth Warren every time. From the piece. This is about North Carolina charters. With a new school year ahead, the attacks on charter schools have begun anew. In North Carolina, they're hearing outrageous charges of racism. Racism, Joe. School choice is now racist. Yeah. A public wow. television commentator claimed recently that, get a load of this, that resegregation was the purpose of charter schools from the start. <sighs> Holy Moses, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, <sighs> you know what? Before <sighs> I even, let's just go to the second takeaway from the piece, just to show you how stupid, awful, and horrible liberals really are. They are the worst they are absolutely committed to destroying the lives of minority students trying to get an education. Here's the second takeaway from the piece. So remember, supporters of charter schools, Joe, like you and I, we want to yeah. resegregate. It's Jim Crow all over again. Really? Because they write in the piece, the suggestion that district schools are being resegregated through white flight to schools of choice is nonsense. North Carolina charters today have a slightly higher percentage of black students 26.1%, then district schools, 25.2%. And those students aren't assigned. Parents chose our schools. Why are liberals making this up? So the liberal argument, which again, it's a total lie, fabricated, inflammatory, ridiculous, absurd charge. But being a liberal requires you to be a moron, an imbecile, an idiot. Because you don't base anything on fact. Michael Brown was murdered. Actually, the Justice Department said, it doesn't matter. He was murdered. Will you vote for me? I'm Elizabeth Warren. Charter schools are racist. You're just trying to get the white kids into charter schools. Actually, the percentage of black kids in charter schools is higher than in the public schools. <sighs> you have any ibuprofen? Come on, man. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. I'm... Take your foundation. You're going to need the creative to build dude. your brain cell. I, this is so. 
Well, folks, this Matt, listen, on a serious note, I, I got to get yeah. to another story here, but yeah, yeah. Joe knows. I I know this doesn't poll, but I know Republicans a lot. Of, uh, Republicans and Democrats. School choice is never. Look at this. I'm getting goosebumps talking. I'm not even kidding. That's my hair standing. I know, I know you are. I know. I know this is big with you. Yeah. It, it's a personal issue yeah. to me, and it should be to you. I'm not lecturing you. I know you have a lot going on in your lives. You own businesses. Taxes matter. Immigration. I get that. But folks, you can't have a heart and go into largely black and Hispanic communities. Look at these failure factory schools. These kids have no chance. Zero. None. They have no chance. They are pumped into these failure factories by heartless, horrible, awful liberals who want to keep their parents locked in their entire lives. And the solution, ladies and gentlemen, is right in front of our eyes to break this epidemic of generational poverty. Just give these kids a shot to learn and they will take it. They are not different. They are not unusual. There's no they. They're not space aliens. They are our kids. They have the same DNA as we do. Just because one of them came here young from Mexico or Colombia or wherever you came from, or one happens to have a higher melanin content in their skin than I do, is meaningless. My wife didn't even speak English when she came here. She doesn't like when I talk about it, but it matters to me. It matters to me. She got a good education at a great college because she had a choice. She went to the top business school in the state of New York. There's a reason we're here. It's not a mystery. I love my wife, but there's nothing unique about her brain. She wasn't like gifted by Thanos with some unique gene code they planted in her brain. Every kid from Columbia could do what she did when they came here if you just give them a damn shot. And you're saying we're the racists? That we want to give kids the option of going to a charter school because of we want to resegregate them? You, you, are, you are absolute animals for saying that. Animals. You are disgusting human filth. And I got to be honest with you, I'd say something different, and I don't have FCC rules, but I don't want to be banned from YouTube forever. They already crap on our stuff every day. You are human filth for doing that. There's nothing wrong with those kids. There's something, however, very wrong with you. We want to resegregate the schools. The facts don't even back you up, but you don't do facts. Because remember, liberals are really, really awful people. Disgrace. Donald Trump, if you're listening or your campaign or anybody near you, you should make school choice a bedrock issue. And like Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, did here when he got a historically high percentage of the black vote. Put it on the number one issue on your reelection campaign when it comes to education. Get all of these liberals on the spot. You think the parents of these black kids and Hispanic kids don't know their schools are crap? They know. I promise you they know. They're their kids. We they care about their kids any less? Ugh. I woke up this morning and read this furious. We're the racists now, Joe, you and I, we're the trying to get black and, yeah. and, and Hispanic kids out of crappy schools. We're the racists now. Unbelievable. Liberals are awful, awful, the- awful people, terrible people. 
All right, here's the last one. This is an important one. Daily Caller, uh, kind of changing uh, gears here to Spygate a little bit because there's been another update. Stuff's just coming out left and right. Yeah. Hearing some rumors about an IG report this week. We'll see. Got a busy week. Again, I'll be in for Fox and Friends on Friday, uh, guest hosting, so check that out. But uh, Daily Caller is a piece up I'll put in the show notes about Stefan Halper. Chuck Ross, who's been all over this from day one, hat tip to him for breaking the Halper story, by the way. A Spygate professor claims immunity against a Russian-British academics lawsuit. Here's what's going on. I have the piece in the show notes again for you to check out. They're very good today. A lot of articles today, a lot of meat and potatoes in there. Stefan Halper is the U.S. Uh, spy. Spy, yes, spy. He's not a undocumented informant or whatever euphemism you want to use on the left. He was the spy sent by representatives of the Obama administration hmm. to spy on members of the Trump team. Spy. Now, a lot of you are familiar with the story. Halper made contact with multiple members of the Trump team. George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, Sam Clovis. Um, I believe he did so at the direction of people connected to the Obama administration and the intelligence infrastructure to gather information about the Trump team to connect them to this bogus Russian collusion narrative. Everybody's clear about that, right? Now, mm -hmm. there is a woman named Svetlana Lakova who, unfortunately for her, fell into Halper. Uh, Halper's orbit um, back in 2015 um, Halper it, it's alleged by Lakova that Halper tried to connect her to some illicit relationship with Mike Flynn who of course was Donald Trump's national security advisor before right, he right. was uh, let go Mike okay. Flynn was pursued by the Mueller team again for his conversations with the Russian ambassador which they allege he lied about he didn't but that's a whole other story Bottom line is this, this woman, Svetlana Lakova, is now suing Halper for making these allegations that she's some kind of Russian spy who tried to snare, oh, fishhook Mike Flynn, you get it? Mm -hmm. Lakova's saying, hey, you're going to say that? Then I'm taking you to court to sue you. Now, what's interesting about the case is not necessarily the lawsuit. Do we have a, a screenshot from the piece? What's, what's interesting about the case is, yes, we do. Oh, always coming through in the clutch. Is not Lakova's lawsuit. What's interesting is Halper's defense. Remember, Joe, keep in mind, keep that yeah. up for a second. The left's argument is, we didn't spy. Halper's not a spy. No spy. He's an undocumented government associate or whatever stupid thing you want to call him. From the piece, quoting Chuck Ross, Halper is now saying, I want this lawsuit dismissed. And his defense is, he doesn't confirm he was an FBI in his motion to dismiss the case. But he also does not admit to being a source for articles about Lakova, the Russian-born academic. But, but, get a load of this, Joe. Halper does argue that if he were, wink and a nod, if he were an FBI informant, he would have immunity afforded to other government agencies. Right. <laughs> absolutely hmm. classic. Um, I'm not going to say I'm a government spy, but if I was, really horrible wink and nod. Huh? <laughs> if I was a government spy, I'd be immune from this lawsuit by Lakova saying that I ratted her out. Yeah. Fascinating defense. <laughs> Fasc Real kick I'm in not, the ass. But maybe kind of sort of if yeah, maybe kind of <laughs> verdict Halper full of crap. <laughs> the judge. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Halper was working for the United States government intelligence apparatus. There's no question in my mind having evaluated the data. OK, none. Yeah. The only question is, was, ha get ready for this. I have this on good authority from, let's say, a friend. The only question is, was Halper freelancing 
or was Halper working under the direct authority of the U.S. intelligence and international intelligence infrastructure? Huh. And how long was he? In other words, Joe, yeah. was Halper kind of like doing his own thing, freelancing, getting information, or was this initiated where the government went to him. Does that make sense? In other words, did the yeah. government go to Halper and say, hey, reach out to Trump team members and spy on them? Or did Halper approach people and say, hey, I've got some stuff. Maybe if you guys pay me, I can give it to you. Do you get what I'm saying by freelancing? Now, yeah, why is this when important? Do, when does a freelancer become, you know, an asset? Yes. Well, you know another yeah. that's a third option. The third right. option is, did he begin freelancing and then yeah. become a, a good point? Yeah. That's okay. a third option. So good point there. Why is the government not coming to Halper's rescue right now and not backing him up from this lawsuit? They could come out tomorrow, yeah. Joe, and say, hey, he was an FBI asset, right? Yeah. Copy. Yeah. Folks, check out this piece Matt Palumbo did for us about three or four months ago. It's in the show notes today, but it's worth rereading. New document exposes two Russian dossier sources by Matt Palumbo, May 17, 2019. It's in the show notes. Read it. Don't forget, Halper worked at the Cambridge Academic Seminar. Halper worked with the Russian Trubnikov, who's connected to Putin. They were on this syllabus, as you can see from Matt's piece, from like 2012 to 2015 or so. Halper had a relationship with former director of Russian intelligence, uh, Vladimir Trubnikov. It's really Vlekishlov Trubnikov. It's the same individual, though. Several course syllabi from 2012 to 2015 obtained by this outlet reveal Halper had invited and co-taught his course. This is from Sarah Carter on intelligence with this person, Trebnikov. Why is that important? Because Steele, Christopher Steele, the source of all the bogus, bogus information in the dossier and the information he's passing to the CIA, Christopher Steele's already indicated his source was Trebnikov. Ladies and gentlemen, what was the relationship between Steele and Halper? Remember, Halper is also best buds with Richard Dearlove, former head of the British Intelligence Service. Richard Dearlove, who's on the record, by the way, vouching for Steele after all this went down. Follow me for a second. Why is the government distancing themselves from Halper? Maybe because they've accused Trump for the last few months of being a Russian colluder and colluding with Russians. Yet it appears by the evidence at hand that there's a strong possibility that Halper may have been freelancing, getting information from a Russian disinformation specialist, Trebnikov, whom he worked with, which we know on paper. Oh, by the way, and they then bring in a former FBI informant, Steele, who vouches, who's vouched for by Halper's other buddy, Dear Love, who they teach together, they work together at the Cambridge Intelligence Seminar, and then Steele then goes and tells Kathleen Kavlik at the State Department that the source of this information is the same Russian who knows Halper, who knows Steele's buddy. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, this information was passed in a small circle of people who somehow laundered it into the FBI and DOJ and U.S. State Department. We know Halper knows Dear Love. The head of the former head of UK Intel. We know Halper has a relationship with uh, uh, with Trebnikov, the Russian disinformation guy. We know Dear Love has a relationship with Steele, and we know Steele has already cited Trebnikov as his source. The only remaining question is: Was Trebnikov fooling all of them? 
was this an ongoing Russian, Russian disinformation campaign where Trebnikov sold steel through Dear Love and Halper, BS from the Russians, and got Halper to sell it back to the U.S. government. That's oh. the real Russian collusion. And that's why the United States government is not coming to Halper's defense here. Mm. They're going to let this guy stew on his own. If I was a U.S. asset, this story is only going to get worse. Man, that was a stacked show today. A lot yeah. of information. Thanks for hanging with me again. I know some of these stories are not necessarily always breaking news, but that school choice story really should matter to you, and it should ring your bell. Those kids deserve a shot, and it certainly means a lot to me. I wouldn't be here talking to you in coherent English sentences if it weren't for school choice. All right, folks, thanks a lot. Please subscribe to our video at youtube.com slash Bongino. Go check it out. And you can subscribe to our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, the subscriptions are free. They help us move up the charts. Yesterday, by the way, was our most listened to audio podcast ever. So thank you very much. The show's blowing up all thanks to you. You're all the best. All right, I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.